You are now listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important for us to remind you that some of the topics and conversations we have on here could be triggering, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rest Days. My name is Maria, and I am one of your co-hosts. With me today is, of course... Lauren Lavelle. And we're bringing up a big old monster today, and it is the hormone monster. We are going to talk about PMS and PMDD today. We are, of course, not medical professionals, but we are two people in this world just, you know, (laughs) going through it. Having uteruses. (laughs) And in some capacities, uh, we know that that affects the way you move and that affects the way you eat. And we want to share our thoughts on that today. Instead of uh, doing our usual clickbait, which is, you know, a bit triggering, today we're going to share glimmers, uh, a glimmer of good, of positivity. Lauren, share your glimmer. I actually have a lot of glimmers, but I'm really specifically like the one I, I had a lot of glimmers this week. Kitten. I oh uh, yes. I launched and sold some of my candles that I did Good the collab with, which is really exciting. And then but like the biggest glimmer, the one that was like making me tear up with laughter, was honestly listening to Throwback Usher and sending you <laughs> sending you links to it because like what was that man doing? What was going on? Why did why did someone remind him of a girl that he once knew and they couldn't be together because someone vaguely looked like someone else or like it was it was about the looks, right? Like I see your face yes. or I see her face yes. whenever I look at you. And um, this is and why I, I just can't get with you. That's those are the that's the summary. That's the thesis. Right. But also thinking about the lyrics of make me want to leave the one I'm with. First of all, what's bad was you're the one that hooked this up knowing it should have been you. Who said that? Who said that? That's your assumption, Usher. You're right. assuming right. that. Clearly she gave you to another woman. She didn't want you. <laughs> she, didn't, <laughs> she didn't want your ass. And it's like, oh, we've been friends and all this. Like, you are the problem, sir. You are the problem. Correct. It, it was just been me, the problem. It been was just making me laugh so hard because I know you love Usher, too. Oh, um, so much. So, so much. the idea of being like, can you please explain? <laughs> explain this. Explain yes. why we were like, yes, this is this is a bop. This man is so problematic, but we love it. <laughs> Yeah, I ate that song up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I loved that song. And receiving it in between sessions yesterday, I was sort of appalled. To me, that wasn't a glimmer because it was like the, you know, the rug was pulled out from underneath my feet because I had to take a minute and think about, yeah, it is kind of messy that like, I don't know, Usher, maybe you just have a type. Like, is that all? Is that all this is? Is that you just have a type and you have not gotten over the women before? Like, it's okay. Love love is complicated. It's okay. Yeah. I lyrically, I don't I Usher's brilliant and also like question marks. A lot of question marks on some of those bangers from the thousands. Yes. It was just a throwback. It was a throwback Thursday, uh, because we're recording this on a Friday. It was a throwback Thursday that was like 
just listening to some of those throwback lyrics like just go through like they're bad now but they're they were also bad then like lyrics in today's kids music is bad but us kids music was also bad like you're like Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) and how about how we made fun of the kids bop versions Mm -hmm. like we're making fun of the lyric the lyrics of a kids bop version we're like that's so lame it's like i'm gonna be honest both songs terrible the you (laughs) the you the you remind me kids kids bop or like confessions part two kids bop is no better i'm sure it's potentially (laughs) they're just as bad someone look up confessions kids bop kids bop yeah we need the lyrics I'm afraid to tell uh, to tell you all that it's going to be the new intro music is the kids pop version yes. of an Usher song. Um, that was Amazing. certainly certainly a glimmer of my week was getting that message. Um, every once in a while, Lauren and I will go back on like something serious or something that's annoying us or something that we're just challenged by. Certainly, I've had a lot of challenges in my life lately, and to get this like you know kitty content like this like baby kitten and then the the usher content i felt very very happy um those are my glimmers and then i'm loving i think it's called sylvania on tiktok the little mouse dolls oh yeah oh yeah. my gosh I don't, that, that... I don't know what they're i don't know what the actual name is because but i no. definitely know what you're talking about yes yeah, so i um had saved one and i deleted tiktok to save room on my phone so i could take more photos in alaska and i forgot that i had been following them and the post found me on instagram i guess and i just that brings me so much joy these like precious toys with these hilarious care their characters now like they all have like these sort of uh different personalities to them so i've really enjoyed those storytelling tiktoks they are a full sometimes three minutes like they are a small novella and they're just incredible <laughs> but they i think that's what they play on did you ever watch pen 15 or any or here yes yes what, of course that's like where their drama is like they're acting it out and I, well, I mean, as we've established, we played with Barbies for a long time. I'm Mm -hmm. a big play pretend person. You know, I like to play the Sims. So this is like, this is in the same, this is the same thing. Like I can get into it. Like if you want to play pretend, I'm in it. Let's do scenarios. (laughs) Yes, I was telling you last night about about simulations. I was like, this is simulation. Life is much easier to handle when you think about, I am just like a character that a 12 year old got dressed in the game like that's just so much easier yeah that's a lot easier i think my 12 year old has bad style (laughs) (laughs) i want a new user yeah (laughs) they have not unlocked like the cheats to get fashion no they're spending they're spending all their money on cats and they can only afford the t-shirt and the bike shorts (laughs) I'm in the the wrong game. Well, speaking of simulations, uh, we can get into this PMS, PMDD by talking about our health bar being hella low. So let's let's go. Yeah. So are we cycle sisters right now? Is that what I'm gathering? Both in luteal lows, low phase. I mean, I know that your cycle's not, it's not quite, it's its own thing. I go around yeah. with one of my friends. Like I pick up, yeah, I pick up one of my friends per month. I'm like, oh, if it's not you, it's you next month. I'll circle back for you. 
Well, I, it's a, it's an honor to be seen. I'm honored to be in your circle this month um, or mm-hmm. this era. Um, we are talking about PMS and PMDD today because we're both sort of just in it and it has encapsulated so much of how we live. And I've only recently experienced a more severe level of PMS in my life. And that can be related to just experiencing more stress. Lauren's been navigating PMDD for years. And yeah. yeah. Um, And I think one thing that really got this conversation going is I texted Lauren from the gym and just sort of explained like, what's wrong with my muscles? I'm doing XYZ movement. I've modified XYZ way, like SOS. And First, it was like, okay, remember, you're probably actually tired. Like, even if you're back and you're feeling okay, like, you're probably still gassed. We talked about food. We talked about water. And then, of course, it was, well, when's your period? And I was like, oh, duh. I'm in my luteal phase, and I have learned that my body really doesn't enjoy extreme or intense movement. In fact, my skin feels really sensitive. My muscles feel sensitive. Everything just feels a little bit more like times 100. And um, that sort of brought on this conversation of like, well, we text about this every month, all month long. (laughs) It's an ongoing conversation for us talking about how we're affected pretty drastically by our hormones. So that probably the best way for us to get started is just like, what are the differences? And Lauren, I'm going to lob that question up to you since you are living the differences (laughs) pretty, pretty constantly. Um, If someone were to say, you know, do I have PMS or I have PMDD? What, like, what's a just... A, distingu- a distinguishing factor. Yeah, I mean, I think that if that person has like a full time partner, I would ask them if every month they considered divorcing them, um, <laughs> and like blowing yeah. it up, divorcing them. Not just like, not just like it's over between us, but like um, one time Scott and I almost got divorced over him buying a one dollar cantaloupe because I felt like that was a betrayal because I hate cantaloupe. Um, and then I went to my room and cried for 20 minutes and came out and realized that that actually wasn't what was going on. Mm-hmm. But um, no, so I think PMDD is just, it's its like everyone compares it to PMS. And I think that's just because that's all we have. Um, and, yeah. You know, when, it, when it comes to like research regarding like, uh, we'll say women's, but obviously like we're talking about people who have a uterus, people who menstruate. When it comes to that kind of health, um you know there's a lot of mysteries still there for no good reason um no that they didn't yeah no no good reason because apparently a menstruating person is a terrible test subject it's like um (laughs) you walk down any street and you could probably find a better like a better like class of like studies than anything like you can talk to people you can talk to the people in your life who menstruate and get more answers than a lot of times you can get from like these actual studies but pmdd comes with a lot more um psychological uh and physical things um i would say pms i never really experienced um a lot of regular pms um Mm -hmm. i didn't have a lot of cramping specifically i did not have like a lot of abdominal cramping with my period i never had any like acne i never had um i never even really had any like food cravings um Hmm. i would have like one night of like leg cramps and then i would get my period and that's that was really yeah it was great for how for Um, how long i didn't start experiencing symptoms of pmdd until my mid-20s okay um and 
I mean, we can dive into a little bit more of the fact that a lot of people who do have PMD have PMDD have experienced like a lot of trauma. Yes. And so um, I was very much in survival mode. And I would say that my body is definitely still in survival mode, but I was in survival mode for a really long time. So in my mid 20s, Scott and I had been together for a few years. Mm. I was like, you know, starting to have a more established like career making a little bit of money some of the the uh feeling like i'm gonna get ground to bits was starting to like not feel that way anymore and then my body Mm. was like oh but what about all this other shit we have to process um and that's (laughs) that's a generalization that's what was my experience and that is like a common that's a pretty common story with pmdd PMDD, but that is not the only experience. Um, but I would say like extreme mood swings, um, extreme fatigue. You talked about sensitivity. Um, there, I, I talked about that in our like in one of our like getting ready or taking care of yourselves episodes. But I have multiple, yes. for multiple reasons because uh, around my period, my gums get so sore that it's almost impossible for me to brush my teeth. Like mm. it feels miserable to brush my teeth. Um, it could feel miserable to comb my hair. So I have to prepare for that in like a variety of ways. So PMDD is really characterized by like more of those extreme symptoms of like mood swings um, and really the like blow up your life. Um, Suicidal ideation is typically higher around that. Like Mm -hmm. all all mental health things can be exacerbated. So even if you have like OCD, um, that can get worse around that time. And, and then of course, like kind of regular, regular PMS symptoms. So like cramping, food cravings, Mm -hmm. uh, like fatigue and all of those. So it's like, it sweeps up what you get, a lot of what you get with PMS. And then it adds, it adds to it. Like it adds to it exponentially. And that's how you get there. (laughs) Yeah. And for a lot of folks, they don't just get there and go. It's, I mean, days and days, it could be a week, it could be two weeks, it could be your entire luteal phase, which if you're not familiar, you have a follicular phase for about two weeks ish, depending on the person, depending on the cycle, you're supposed to ovulate if that's what your your uterus is going to do and your ovaries are going to do that whole process. Great. Not everyone does Um, midway through and then it's luteal time. And mm-hmm. that can be an ex- it isn't just like a couple rough days for people like this could extreme no. <laughs> this could disrupt your work this could disrupt your relationships it can disrupt the way you think about yourself your body image how about this histamine thing I mean me and okay. all my ex- my extra nasal voice today has me thinking about it which is likely just me adjusting back to New Orleans and allergies uh, but maybe not who knows um, can you share a little bit about your findings with that? And I, I just found that extremely fascinating and also so frustrating. Yeah. So um, another symptom of PMDD can be like, you know, a lot of people get the period flu or call it period flu, but PMDD takes that, of course, to the next level. Um, and living in a time of a pandemic, uh, pretty much pretty much once a month, I was like, I definitely have COVID. Um, and I would be testing, I would be like, really, really upset. Um, and it turns out PMDD has like, ties to making your like higher histamines or, 
or dumping histamines into your body. And obviously, you know, like an antihistamine is like an allergy pill. That's what takes that away. So you can get, uh, your nose can get super stuffy. You can get really like itchy eyes, scratchy throat, feeling like you're getting sick. And it's just really this big dump of histamines. Um, and this is like pretty common for folks who have PMDD to take uh, antihistamines around that or like all the time and lowering that uh, dump of histamines can help with like with some of these symptoms. And also, you know, it's tied to like inflammation that you have going on in your body. It's just like this full systems, like all systems at 10 reacting into your body, just kind of like, just, just buzzing, just, just oh, doing yeah. all, the, all the human things at once. It's all of the light switches on <laughs> whatever it can do. Let's just do it all. <laughs> let's yeah, just run burning, all of it. Burning through the budget, burning through <laughs> all of the body's budget in like whatever, 14 days. And additionally, if you have anything extra, if you have, um, PCOS, if you have endometriosis, if you have um, ADHD, like I said, OCD, all yes. of these things can start uh, can start going haywire when all those systems then are like bumped up to ten. Right, right up. Oh, absolutely. Like and being aware of that, like knowing that. And then how about the? I mean, it feels like a freaking privilege to be able to track a cycle for a lot of people. <laughs> they're tracking yeah. a cycle that's 80 days long 70 <laughs> days long and it's like hard to know if I've been in a luteal phase for three months like what's going on um yeah if you have the opportunity to do that and you receive a quote regular period whatever that looks like or somewhat regular to you it may be helpful to you to identify when is your luteal phase if you can and what symptoms come up for you and to just start to make space for it. Uh, things we're going to talk about today really allow for some shifts and some mindset kind of adjustments to allow you to get through that phase without, you know, being so hard on yourself about like, oh, I can't go to the gym as much or I'm not recovered as quickly or like, why am I so miserable? It's like kicking up the dust all over the house. And if you can at least identify when that's going to happen, you know, maybe you're not going to book like a really big event <laughs> that you're going to have a body image meltdown over. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. If I can avoid a wedding during that phase, that would be cool. Um, you know, whatever it might be, for example. Um, so with that, you're, you've really given us a good handle and a really good idea image wise, of course, a lot of good images here of what's happening to someone when they're experiencing this. Um, what is the diagnosis? diagnosis situation this could be really messy i imagine there could be a lot of gaslighting i imagine there could be a lot of dismissiveness with these symptoms like oh it's just what happens you just have bad pms do you want to talk to us a little bit about what that was like for you yeah i actually um went into to get like an annual checkup from a gynecologist and came out with a PMDD diagnosis and a mm. prescription um, that I was not anticipate get, anticipating getting. And that was actually pretty crushing for me for a number of mm. reasons. But um, so mostly folks are getting um, diagnosed by their gynecologist or at their like annual wellness. And Maria and I were talking before, but it's because a lot of people, that's the only doctor they see on a semi-regular basis. Um, right. Particularly if you, if you menstruate, like, 
I don't know. I just feel like that's that's kind of it, right? You're like, oh, if I check on this, I don't really need to check in on anything else. <laughs> I, know, I know, I definitely know a lot of people who are like that. Myself included. I, do too. I know other people who who like frequently do all of their regular checks. They go to the doctor regularly. I do not. I'm trying to get like you know, literally have them check under the hood and then <laughs> keep it moving. Um, but I, you know, I went to a doctor or to a gynecologist and I filled out like a survey and then we were having this conversation and she was like, yeah, this sounds like a pretty clear case of you having PMDD. And I was like, what? Um, and I knew what PMDD was, but I was like, what? Um, and then she was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the ways to, you know, one, one way to treat this is through anxiety medication or you know a a number of different medications um and she gave me a prescription and sent me out onto the street of philadelphia and i ran into someone i knew and i was like "Um, i just got i just got diagnosed with pmdd i'm not really like sure how i'm processing it did not go in there to like get a prescription um or anything like that and it's also like opening this up to folks but it's also really hard um, to be told that there is something wrong with you, even if you feel like there is something wrong with you, right? Or there's something yes. not quite right with you. Um, yes. When you're like, yeah, I know something's going on. And someone looks at you and they're like, yeah, actually it is. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be here to tell me, no, I'm fine. Um, so that was really, really hard for me and um, a life-saving process for sure. And when I say life-saving, I truly mean it because I got diagnosed with PMDD. <laughs> in uh december or november of 2019 yes i remember it Mm -hmm. i spent that christmas break getting adjusted to going on medication and then i was adjusted to being on medication and then everything shut down in march of 2020 Mm -hmm. and i was adjusted to medication. (laughs) I think that that was definitely like a life-saving tool for me. Um, Not everyone who has PMDD will go on medication. Not everyone who has PMDD will stay on medication. I did Mm -hmm. not. Um, But if it's available and an option that you're interested in, that's like it can be a great choice. It can be amazing. And it's also something that another journey, if you will, a definite side quest of finding a medication that works for you, which is too long to even keep in this, in this Mm -hmm. episode, but just know that you're not alone. And there's also more research coming out there. There, I have seen more about those test kits that are testing you and testing folks to see what medication would actually work for them. Yeah every body is so different and that's becoming a little bit more widely available. Um, And again, all of this is built up on the privilege that you actually have the ability to go to the doctor, but this is what it kind of looks like for diagnoses. You can get on medication or maybe you can't and you fall back Mm -hmm. on what Maria was talking about, which is closer to the cycle tracking and what we're going to move forward in, which is like cycle support and how, Mm -hmm. how you support yourself through this. Yeah. Yeah. And it can, it can change. It it will look different every month. It can look different every month. I've even heard of medications now being not an everyday thing, like just for your cycle. So there is, that's what I did. 
Yeah, it's just mine incredible. Was, mine was find, a two week. <laughs> yes, I find that incredible. Um, and maybe before we get into cycle support, I can just share a little bit of like what's happening in your body um, with these hormones. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so um, I I learned through my group coaching that a lot of my clients don't know um, the like female hormone cycle. They just sort of were told like you get a period, it's a terrible time, and then like <laughs> it, like you're gonna get pregnant and die. Like that was sort of the purity culture realm of sex ed and reproductive ed. So something I'd like to remind us all is that uh, estrogen and progesterone are really the key players here. And if you are on birth control uh, of any sort, you know, whether it's low dose or high dose, um, those are your, you know, uh, synthetic hormones. You're not experiencing what I'm not necessarily experiencing what I'm about to explain. So just something to keep in mind, not to say you don't get a terrible period when you're on the sugar pills or whatever it might be, or when you finally bleed. Um, but this is just to say, this is what the actual like hormones in your body are doing. So your estrogen is going to kind of, you know, when you start your period, which is when you start your cycle, um, your hormones are low, which is why that can be kind of a sad little time because estrogen and progesterone actually have anti-anxiety qualities and they can, you know, when it's really low, we can kind of feel down in the dumps. But as we move toward ovulation, our estrogen's like tick, 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 going up, going up, going up. And we hit that nice big peak. And that's when you ovulate. Your hair looks great. Your skin looks great, potentially. And you're just like feeling yourself. Wait, can you're I tell stacked. you? You're stacked. Titties stacked. <laughs> can I tell you that there was a study, which is like sort of messy, but there was an actual study about how you know, women walk when they're ovulating versus when they're not. And like, there was like some strut like qualities. I mean, I, I believe it. Scott and I actually <laughs> talked about people walking, people walking yesterday and, and like so many songs mentioning the sexy way you walk. And I'm over here like skulking <laughs> down the street all the time. Like, yeah, yeah that's her. Um, yeah, I I'm absolutely a, I'm a believe it. I think it's a real thing. I'm a believer that you get a little pep in your step when those hormones are balanced and you feel good. I'm um, also going to say, like, when you when you feel good, you may be more, like, likely to be out there socializing, gliding around, dressed yeah. in something a little hotter. Like I said, if you're me, you're stacked at this time during ovulation, like... <laughs> I can't wear half of my bras because it's like they don't fit. So like there's so much going on that like no, you could change the way you walk. Completely. <laughs> completely. Um, and many people, including Usher, will write songs about it. So I really do think there's something here. Basically, the, the headline of the study, which was very funny, was like women walk sexually when they're ovulating, I don't, which is kind of strange. It was not a scientific statement at all. Uh, but I shared it in group and it was very funny. So then like what happens? So after ovulation, your estrogen drops, which is what allows for this egg to be released. And whether or not it gets fertilized is when that you know, if it's not getting fertilized, that progesterone's like, hey, anybody want to hang out? And then you get this bump of progesterone, little bump of estrogen again, and then your hormones drop back down and there's the period. So what's tricky is that those hormone fluctuations affect body temperature. They even affect how you use carbohydrates, your need for protein. It's going to affect your basal metabolic rate. It's going to affect your mood. It's going to affect your sleep. It will Digestion. affect digestion holy shit yeah i mean the progesterone to diarrhea pipeline and we can talk about it all the time 
<laughs> Holy crap. We do. we do talk about it. Yeah, we do. And it's a time. Um, even just, you know, how you're feeling in your body. Yep. All of that is related to these hormones. So I just a quick, you know, a quick mini education lesson just to remind you that there's nothing wrong with your body. These hormones um, just affect us all in some capacity and it's for some of us quite seriously. So with that, Lauren, I'd love to hear a little bit of your take on, you know, we talked about as clickbait, cycle syncing the workouts. Remember that? That was my clickbait one time. And you were like, yeah, mm-hmm. there could be some truth to it. So like, what's the, you know, dummies guide to cycle syncing or to supportive movement during your luteal phase or that PMS, PMDD kind of phase? Yes, we're moving on from dummies. We're going to say newbies. Um, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> new, newbies. I know. Th- I just think of those yellow books, though. Um, yes, I'm only thinking of the yellow books. Yes. I know. It's so funny. Um, so the newbies guide to uh, cycle cycle syncing with your workouts is like, do what feels right. And I know that sounds really annoying, but, um, you know, as someone who does strength training like i will definitely notice a change in like my strength uh my ability to move around that time where it just feels like things including my body are much heavier so being aware and doing what maria said earlier which is like trying to get maybe just like maybe just the faintest idea of when this time is happening is a great way to start incorporating that like you can really just be like, okay, well, I kind of feel like it's all downhill from here. And that and that can be a feeling, whether mm-hmm. it's PMS or PMDD, it can feel like you're just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, this week I feel ugly, which is a very yeah. common thing to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, and and we, we won't obviously get into beauty politics here, but it's really about like how you're perceiving yourself. And it's like the minute that kind of starts happening, you're like, uh-oh. Um, so there's some of these little flags out here that are like, oh, f- like warning, warning, like we're coming, we're coming into that time. Um, and maybe you take it down a notch. Maybe this is when you incorporate more at home movement because you don't want to leave your house mm. or your low energy or you're reserving your energy. It doesn't even need to be that you're you have less energy in general or you feel like you do. It can be like knowing that you need to hold on to a little bit more energy so not putting that energy into your workouts because sometimes i'm like i feel freaking great i definitely could do this and i went to the the gym earlier this week and i was like i could do this i could do these lifts i could do whatever and then i ended up getting passively stretched by my friend and like walking around with kettlebells (laughs) like (laughs) like, it was it was absolutely still a wonderful workout and i had gas in the tank to be able to come home and teach class to be able to make myself dinner so all of those things are really important when you're thinking about your workouts um bar bar is pretty safe uh cycle round which may be why i gravitated towards it originally because it felt Mm. like something that wasn't going to like leave me feeling completely run over um, cause it's low impact. So all the, you know, the toothbrush, the hair and the joints, like they're all like, they're all connected, right? Like they brushing are. your mm-hmm. the, the pain, the pain or the sensitivity is all very connected. So maybe you're not doing a high impact workout at that time because the idea of jumping is just like a horror show for you. Um, and this is typically like the, the days leading up to it. 
every time every other time of the month i'm really just like in in this groove of like i can do this um and definitely like as a person with pmdd which is something we didn't necessarily talk about pmdd the the bad ends when the period starts so a lot of times for people with pms they have pms and then they have their period and they're still in pain they're still crampy they're still exhausted the second that my period starts i feel like i could throw a party yeah like i feel Mm -hmm. like i could personally invite people over and cater a party that's how much (laughs) energy i have um so so even that for me is a little bit different than like maybe your average cycle with pms um is that the second that starts i feel like i do get my energy back i feel like i do start becoming myself again the the clouds the fog clear Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh hello i've been gone for 10 days um so i think when it talk when we talk about working out it's really just knowing when that's happening and and almost being more forgiving in the times when you're not lutealing because it can be hard to not want to take advantage of the good days and really mm-hmm. like max out every single day you have, particularly if this is taking over two weeks of a month. Um, it can be really tempting to go as hard as you possibly can when you can. And that's just like not the way like chronic conditions need to work. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's the way to force yourself to be better or keep up um consistency and figuring out what consistency looks like in the gym is like a better way because sometimes i will show up to the gym and i'm like i could barely lift my arms and i feel like a trash bag that just rolled in here but um you know i'm gonna do something and that and that's bigger and better than doing the really 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 hard when you feel like you can do it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's some truth to cycle syncing in that way. And also many of us can't like, (laughs) we just can't stop doing everything for two weeks. Right. Um, Right. There are entire businesses now of folks who can coach you. They're like cycle coaches and they might coach you to like not work as much or not work out the same or like, well, that could mean like lost classes or lost money, um, loss of loss of a schedule and loss of a routine that provides you grounding in a really challenging time. Um, it would be a massive privilege to be able to just like perfectly cycle sync. Um, also, assuming your cycle is syncable. Yeah, I, I really appreciate Correct. what you said yeah, about that's, the, that's the, the element. Yeah. I appreciate what you said about the guilt, because I think, you know, after spending, you know, seven to 10 days in like a rut, you might feel like, okay, my I only have 14 good days. I have 14 really good days and I've got to use them. And guilt has never really belonged anywhere <laughs> in, in a process of taking care of ourselves. I think that gets extremely messy. And, you know, you're not, you're not your hormones. You can also choose to do whatever you want, whenever you want, depending on how you're feeling. Uh, you don't owe that movement to anyone you can choose to move however feels right for you. And, um, you know, you don't owe yourself like 16 days of movement, 17 days of movement to have a solid month of moving your body. It's one thing I've learned about paying more attention to my cycle is just like being literally being in the hours, the morning, being in the afternoon, being in the evening and being open to like, maybe I will feel different later. Um, And that can also be helpful for planning your movement too. 
A hundred percent. I think that that is something that I have had to like do as well, where I'm like melted on the couch, um, throwing an adult temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Close the blinds. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to go to, Co- do you want to go to Costco? Do you want to, I'm like, huh? And he's like, do you want to maybe go to the gym and then maybe get kava? And I'm like, huh? maybe maybe. (laughs) Um, he's like okay i'm gonna get dressed i'm gonna get dressed and we'll see where you're at but like it it can be like and if you're by yourself which sometimes like you know i i am by myself in those moments where i need to rally like it can be just like the the dangling the little treat over your head to get yourself up, but a little bit of that get up momentum can change how you're feeling, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. even if it's not fun. And sometimes you just you just sometimes you just stay down. Yeah, staying sometimes staying down stay is down. <laughs> sometimes what you have to do, even when you don't want to uh, stay down. You just sit there. In sometimes the dark. you do it when you want to. And you don't, mm-hmm. and you don't have mm-hmm. to. And again, no guilt, please. <laughs> it's just showing up. You showed up for yourself, however you asked. Um, I, I really enjoy thinking about my body as something more complex. As like, did I work out today or not? It is sort of enjoyable and more um, comprehensive to think of myself as like, how am I feeling? What's my body temperature like? Like, I gravitated to more air conditioned workouts in the summer. Of course, like we can have that same level of, uh, you know, not modification, but like adjustment to our bodies for any movement, any time of year, simply because you're in your body and it feels weird some days and other days it doesn't. You don't have to like lift heavy in your follicular phase simply because somebody on Instagram told you to, like you can really just make that decision for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's why, I think that's originally why we, we were like, cycle syncing and like talking about rolling our eyes at that and using it as clickbait because it was too simplified. Mm -hmm. Like there are so Mm -hmm. many other factors that play into this, including like access, including like, you know, if you have Mm -hmm. childcare, like all these things that, that are not as simple as take a hit class on this day and on this day do Pilates. Like, okay, first of all, where am I taking Pilates? Where am I taking the former Pilates right now? Like, and I know people do it and I know they love it, but like, damn, most of the time that is like very much not accessible at all. Like mm, pricey. Okay, let me just let me just drop into my Pilates. Like, no, I ain't dropping into Pilates for a week because it's gonna be my period. Like, yeah. I'm already miserable, and now I spent two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> like, and I didn't even spend it at Costco. Like, I didn't even spend it at Costco. I could have got a new vacuum, um, <laughs> which I did this week. Um, Proud of you. Proud of you. Yeah, so I think that that's I think that's where our like suspicion with cycle syncing was really like there is validity to it. And, yeah, sure, sure. And it's just become like another. It's getting a. It's getting a, it's getting a little M- MLM. It's it is. It's MLM. It's a little wellness girly. I, I love the wellness girlies for some of these creative ideas. I just don't want to be told what to do. And Lauren, I don't. We don't even get started about that with you. <laughs> I didn't know you don't want to be yeah. told what to do. 
Just let me figure it out. Although guidance is helpful and guidance around food might be helpful. Do you want to hear about your blood sugar? This is so cool. This is so cool. So I, with, again, with running groups, have gotten really into education, really deep diving into like, let's learn about our bodies. And I spend about one to two weeks in one of my groups talking about hormones and not like the MLME hormone hacking nonsense, but really like insulin, that's a hormone, right? Like really cool stuff. Um, Ghrelin and your, you know, hunger and fullness, your leptin, like those are all hormones. So how you eat when you are luteeling is actually, it could be kind of impactful on your body because of the way your hormones are acting. So your progesterone is higher, which means you have a decreased insulin sensitivity. I don't know to what extent how, like percentage, how decreased this is. And likely you are a candidate with PCOS and PMDD, holy smokes, that could be an interesting combo. So if you're someone who already has insulin resistance in some capacity, this might be even amplified for you. And this isn't just for anyone with PMDD. This is just like what your hormones do. So if you have that progesterone hit right at your kind of three, four week cycle time, you might not utilize carbohydrates the same way as you would in your follicular phase. Your body is actually working differently. Your metabolism is working differently. You are not this like small man. Like you have a body that's just actually metabolizing and absorbing food differently. That also means your insulin is going to be higher in your luteal phase. So your body's working harder to utilize carbohydrates. What's one really cool way to help your body utilize carbohydrates is to pair them with protein or fat. And so this is hard because you might want chocolate and cookies and chippies and things that are more processed, refined carbohydrates that are so good and so tasty. And my recommendation is like, yeah, you might want to have those things because you're getting ambushed (laughs) by these cravings. And also it might be great to have them with a meal. It might be great to pair them with, you know, some hydration and something nourishing in addition to that, like deliciousness, not to say that nourishment isn't delicious, isn't delicious, um, to support your energy levels. That's the whole point, right? We make glucose, we get energy from these carbs. So if your body is struggling because your progesterone is higher, that could be kind of interesting. Um, as a result, yeah, if you don't really acknowledge that, you might be riding the blood sugar wave, which also might mean on top of everything else. Yeah, yeah, which might mean your mood is also swinging with the high energy because you like got the little treat and the treat was mostly carbs or it was a big iced coffee with a lot of sugar in it because you really wanted something sweet. But now you're highly caffeinated and you're a you tend to be a little bit more caffeine sensitive, alcohol sensitive during this time as well. Like this could be a recipe for you feeling like shit in an hour. So if you are someone who notices you crave these things, you might, and you haven't quite practiced it yet, I want you to give it a try if it feels accessible, if it feels doable to you, if it feels safe for you, like a gentle nutrition shift here, um, to try pairing that sweet coffee with, you know, a little snack at the coffee shop, if you can, um, to give your body a little bit more balanced nutrition, because it needs a bit of help. Just highly a little re- bit. Highly recommend the egg bites. Yes, yes. The egg bites. If you can, if you eat eggs, if you eat eggs, the egg bites are like the best one for this, I think, because they're really like, 
I don't know. They kind of like hold it down for a while. They really do. They do. And you don't need to get the egg white ones, y'all. You can get the plain, regular classics, the bacon, the cheese, the gruyere, whatever's in it. You like the veggie? What do you like? Yeah, I didn't. No, I just, I didn't know there was egg white ones. Yeah, well, if, um, you're at, if you're at Starbucks, they're on the Starbucks menu. I mean, no shade if that's what you want to order. Um, but you don't have to order healthy food. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Like, this isn't a, quote, healthy, clean eating journey. But if your body is looking for some support, which it is during this time, it might be a supportive measure. So what else does that mean for, like, movement? Let me, like, bring these things together you are going to need your post-workout snacky or meal soon. Like don't delay it for an hour or two, especially in this time period, because you just did all of this work. Your body is in desperate need of recovery always after a workout, like please feed yourself. And now it needs support to recover those strong muscles that you're growing and the body that you're in that's just like hustling and sweating, like please feed it because you are not kind of working with the full deck of cards you were 14 or 20 days ago. Like it's just different. So um, yeah. don't, don't delay that post-workout protein. Don't delay the post-workout carb. Um, obviously stay hydrated, uh, monitor the caffeine. Those are really helpful things to do um that can be so supportive of you just like getting through i'm not telling you it's going to be beautiful but like maybe we get through it a little bit more intelligently with a sense of self-care that feels empowered because we can maybe feel the difference i started to notice like oh i never want to eat after a workout in that phase because i'm just like tired miserable and i want to go home in bed I'm like oh that's when i need it the most I, I feel like that's super interesting because I, maybe my hunger cues are very different than I, my hunger cues are often like blunted by fitness as well. But, um, the last time that was happening and, you know, my gym is close to, <laughs> is close to Trader Joe's. So I just went to Trader Joe's and got a container of chicken. Oh, I love the chicken. chicken and just ate that. <laughs> Just ate that, had had a little juice, had a little chicken in the Ooh. parking lot of Trader Joe's. I mean. Because, like, it, it just felt like the lowest barrier to, like, getting something. Because the other thing that we didn't talk about as much is, like, yeah, you're craving snackies, but also you may be having, like, literal food aversions. Um, oh, yeah. So it's not just that you want you want these snacks. It's, like, you cannot... You cannot imagine eating that, <laughs> um, whatever that is, like for some, for some people, because it can come with nausea. It can come with like, again, the stomach problems. If you're like, oh, wow, I just really need something. Like if you have increased heartburn, like you're just like, mm -hmm. I need something to settle my stomach. And typically that's maybe a simple carb, um, you know. Yeah, the things that we've all grown up settling our settling our stomachs with, like Sprite uh, and ginger juice, ale yeah. and crackers, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. So like the it's it's hard to balance that, but I I feel like yeah, having some things in your um in your tool belt or just knowing that it's happening and maybe being able to get a 
get some kind of bar or some kind of shake in you um even when you don't necessarily want to do it yeah helpful for sure. and uh you know massive caveat here we're not telling you to similar to cycle syncing to like line up all the snackies and these are the ones you're allowed to have in your luteal phase like it's really just like how about future you give yourself permission to have a few choices that might be nice so it's not just like I want cookies. Cookies are all I'm going to have because I have to follow every feeling in my body at all times. Like sometimes you're getting the feeling in your body and also you need to meet it with additional support that your body is not thinking about because it's, <laughs> it's in cookie mode. Um, so again, have the cookies and what else is available to you to support your body uh, in that long term. I think it's a beautiful habit. I, I really do. It's exhausting to be a human. Um, it's exhausting to be hormonal. And uh, if we can find little ways to feel better, why not? I think that sort of covers the food piece. I will say, um, you know, if you struggle with things like diarrhea once your period's there or any GI related things, you kind of have to just go with what serves you. If you have a lot of fluid loss, like please stay hydrated, have your liquid IV, have your element, whatever it is you're taking um, to replace those fluids. Because that's not uncommon to have GI distress, specifically once you get your period or alongside any cramping because those friends are neighbors. And it can be, you know, painful. So, you know, everyone is different. There's no right or wrong there, but do acknowledge that those things happen and you don't have to force a normal eating routine if it doesn't feel right for you. I almost thought you were going to say go with the flow. <laughs> you want to know what I was actually going to say? I was going to say go with God because that's the level I'm at right now. <laughs> I need I need spiritual <laughs> intervention. Okay, <laughs> I need a Lord and Savior. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fighting for your life on that toilet. <laughs> fighting for your life on the toilet. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Just really can't. like. You got it bad. You know? <laughs> you, when, you're, when you're on the phone, hang up, call right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Fucking God. Sure. <laughs> okay. So let's, I think, let's close it up, friend. I think let's kind of nail down. What is your like key takeaways here? Um, what would you like people to really feel um, supported by information wise or just guidance wise? Yes, key takeaways, if you can get a PMDD diagnosis, it may feel like you're stepping onto a different roller coaster, but it may be worth investigating. Mm -hmm. And um, the overall theme should be like, kind of treating yourself like a toddler when you first start doing this and really giving yourself mm -hmm. these options that feel both supportive for the adult body that you have and also leaning into the wants and immediate desires that, that those hormone monsters in you are driving. Um, and I think that that can be like a really good place to start, even when it doesn't feel like when it feels a little bit, a little bit irresponsible or a little bit like not good enough or a little bit, whatever, just really like taking it back and getting super simple with, how you deal with these things will eventually lead you to have more flexibility because you've you've gotten the hang of it and then some months will mm. kick your ass again and you'll start over but it's okay to like take it back to real simple and get give yourself the toddler choices like i said like 
you can have this beautiful chocolate chip uh, <laughs> cookie. But I think you might need to have some water and maybe half a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think about that? What do you think, Lauren? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is me talking to myself, me talking to myself. So I think that just simplifying, simplifying for yourself and not, um, and not bringing in that guilt that Maria talked about. So diagnosis, if you can get it and ride that roller coaster. And then once you're on it, thinking about really breaking it down and getting a little bit more simple and not not worrying about doing the wrong workout at the wrong time, doing the workout that you need to do mm. when you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a beautiful note. Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, I have one thought, which is uh, important for our all or nothing thinkers. Just want to l- l- lob this out there that getting a diagnosis does not mean the diagnosis becomes your identity. And that can be kind of scary because you can get on social media and like find the, you know, insulin resistance warriors, Hashimoto warriors, PMDD warriors, and like their entire account is dedicated to that diagnosis as their niche. And I want you to consider that like you can have multiple niches as a human and not be like absorbed with it as your identity. And also it's cool to talk about it. And I want to say that because Lauren was so open about this experience with me and I was not going through it. I was just you know, the person receiving the information on the other side, trying to be supportive. And I didn't always know how to be supportive. And then when I started experiencing different changes in my cycle, wow, I have this beautiful open friendship here to share honestly about what's going on without shame or weirdness or being like, is this TMI? Um, So if you have people that are menstruating in your life that you don't talk to about your cycle and your cycle is a little bit weird, it's okay to sort of crowdsource and talk to each other uh, because it actually creates a really supportive community that until we have more research on what's happening in our bodies more frequently with more nuance, you know, we really do need to rely on each other. Yes. Yes. And I will say no shade to the warriors, but I have no interest in fighting for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a warrior. I don't want to be at war. I don't. I want to lie down. I don't want to fight. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Let's cue I Need a Hero. Like, that's the song that plays at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't need, we just need I maybe don't some fight usher. No more. <laughs> just some yeah. usher music and, and a, an ambulance. I don't know. <laughs> Carry me out of here, would just you? A chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Always yes. for the Thanks win. for talking about this. Thanks for being here. Yeah, cookie cookie to go. Yeah. And I'm I look forward to hearing what people have to say about this because I feel like we are gonna get a lot of feedback. I think so too. If you're a Spotify a listener, feel free to um share any of your questions or your comments in the quite the QA box. And if you're an Apple listener, you can uh, certainly send us a message on uh socials. Yes. Thanks that's for it, being y'all. Bye. Bye.